0: Hey everybody, I just wanted to touch base with you before the show and let you know that one of the greatest people that I've ever met in this business, in front of the camera, behind the camera, on the side of the artist, and on top of the world of the entertainment business, as one of the greatest, kindest, sweetest, most generous, most professional, Most talented, most extraordinary manager, producer I ever had the pleasure of meeting. Passed away, full life, 91 years old, Seinfeld's manager, the producer of the show, and many other things, George Shapiro, and I'd be remiss if I didn't tell the world how amazing he was and how much he inspired me to be a better manager and a better producer and a better person every day. May you rest in peace, my friend.
1: Hey everybody, let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever.
2: Sarah Silverman, by the way, she has no fear. She is fearless. There are a few people that I feel are fearless on stage. She is one of them. The other one, of course, is Andy Kaufman.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. I have to tell you all right now, I know I get excited about these podcasts, and I know anybody who's ever met me, who ever heard me talk, I tend to be very slow and methodical, but I really, truly, this day today... is one of the most exciting days of my career doing this podcast because i am sitting across from somebody who i have had so much respect for for so long and i rarely have ever had the opportunity to talk to somebody like him and i've probably done 75 episodes so far this is a moment that's very exciting to me because i'm here across from george shapiro And I'm not only excited to be across from him because he's one of my own tribe, but I'm excited to be across from him because he represents everything wonderful about our business. And when I say our business, I'm almost embarrassed to say our business because humbly speaking to the people listening, If you know anything about me, I've never really felt in my heart I was as big a part of things in the comedy world as I I always could be. I always felt like I need to do more. I always feel like there's something else that I need to do. And I always sort of put myself down. And I don't, you know, they say those who can't manage And I know a lot of times in these podcasts, I share with all of you to stay positive and to believe in yourself. And it's not like I'm not positive. It's not like I don't believe in myself. It's not like I don't think I've done great things. It's just that I always have to push myself harder to get to where I want to go. And by doing that, sometimes I tell myself that I'm not as much into things and I'm not doing what I should be doing and I need to get better at this and do things better here and get more shows on the air and get more films going. And sometimes I lose sight of of what our business really is, which in my opinion, it's about relationships and it's about the way you treat people. And if your family... Raised you the way I think they would or could have or wanted to They would have told you that the most important thing is how you treat people the most important thing is your relationships with people and how How you form them how you keep them how you maintain them and uh, Not just in the very beginning but at the end and as I sit across from George Shapiro I think of somebody who is all about the relationships and somebody who I've never in my entire career ever heard anybody say a derogatory word about him. And that's going to change today. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. As I often do, I tend to not know what I'm going to say initially until I look at my guest, And and as I look at my guest now, the story I want to tell may be part of a story that I've told before, but if you'll excuse me, I think it's, it's relevant to how things are as I see them in the world and how I related to them. When I first started as a manager, my first client ever was Louis C.K., He was 17, going on 18 years old, and he was a a really, really tremendous young comic, and I saw a lot of him. He was just a wonderful young man, hardworking, and just wanted to be the best stand-up comedian he could be, and I was just starting as a manager, and like him, we were both starting out and really didn't have a, a way about us, but we knew we needed to work hard, and we knew that... It was about relationships and and getting where we needed to go and i had gotten wind of the fact that a very very popular stand-up comedian the most popular stand-up comedian most respected of that time and probably still today jerry seinfeld who's uh, george shapiro's client was coming to new england and he was going to do 10 Shows at different places I think five different theaters And he was going to do two shows Each at those places And I did Everything in my power To get Louis C.K. The job opening up for Jerry Seinfeld Even though he was 18 or 19 years old But I thought the material Stood for itself And I sent along Louis's uh, video tape. To his agent, and who I'm sure back then sent it along to George. And what happened was, in my mind, miraculous because I got the word back that they were going to choose Louie to be the opening act for Jerry Seinfeld for this run. And I think part of the reason they did that because two of the shows that I put together and I was helping this guy at a very famous Chinese restaurant on Route 1 in Saugus, Massachusetts, which is the largest Chinese restaurant, I think, in the country called Kowloon. And they had a huge showroom upstairs that was like 400 seats. And the owner asked me if I could put together some shows and I had determined that if I was going to do something, we were going to open up with a bang, it had to be with Jerry. And I put the offer together with Jerry's agent, and somehow, some way, as a young guy, they accepted. I got Jerry, and I got Louie, the gig opening up there and in 10 different places. And as a young manager, I felt like, my God, this is my first entrance into the big time. I've got Jerry Seinfeld coming in. As a person bringing in, which is hard enough to get Jerry Seinfeld to do anything, but to do a Chinese restaurant that never did comedy before and to bring him in and have him agree to it. That was huge because comics don't want to work places that there's never been comedy before. And as a manager, I was able to create an opportunity for a client and get him one of the biggest moments of his life. So, I thought, you know I'm on top of the world. I'm there that night at the Kowloon. I'm so excited. People are filing in. It's incredible. The crowd is unbelievable and the show time is at eight o'clock and as normally, with any venue that seats a lot of people, people are coming in. they're finding their seats it's It's taking a little while for them to get in. And at around eight o'clock when the show's supposed to start, there's about two thirds of the people in and they're still filing in. And I go in back, you know, walking around and I see through the kitchen glass, you know, those kitchen doors that go back and forth. And there's that square pane that has the glass in it. And I'm looking past the glass that's in back of the stage and it's Jerry and he's looking at me. And he's doing that thing with his finger where it just moves like that as if to say, come here, Barry. And I'm thinking, God, this is really excited. I'm going to go in the kitchen and we're going to talk about how great this is and how it's sold out. And I walk in and I've known Jerry for a while, but not that well, but I've knew him in passing at the Catch a Rising Star in New York when I'd seen him. And I say, hey, Jerry, congratulations. Great night. And he points to his watch on his wrists and he says, it's uh." It's 8.06, Barry. I said, yeah, yeah, uh, it is 8.06. So we're just going to get the rest of these people in and then we're going to start the show with Louie. And he looked at me and says, no, you're not. I said, "Uh, I'm not. He said, no, no, you're going to put Louie on right now. I said, Jerry, I mean, I I have so much respect for you, but I just, uh, these people are walking in. And I just, I think that it would be better if we started the show when everyone's seated. And he came closer to me, right in my face. And he said, that's what the opening act is for. Very Get him on stage. That's what the opening act is for. And I looked at him and I said, done. And I talked to Louie. I said, Louie, just go up there. He said, Barry, they're still coming in. What am I supposed to do? I've never done anything with people coming just do your act, do the beats, they'll file in, it'll be fine, and by the time he goes on, you'll introduce uh, Jerry. He said, Jerry doesn't want me to introduce him, uh, you're going to host, you're going to bring me up, and you're going to introduce Jerry. I said, okay. I introduce Louis. Louis goes on, does fine, the crowd sits stills, I go back to Jerry, And I say, Jerry, tell me how you want me to introduce you. Uh, Do you want me to say Tonight Show Letterman? And he looked at me and said, just say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jerry Seinfeld. And I said, really? I mean, you don't want me to mention in your credit? Nope. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jerry Seinfeld. Still had a coldness about him at that moment before he went on stage to me. And then before I left, I said, well, when you get off... And I know normally you probably are going to get an encore. You want me to go back and say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jerry Seinfeld back on the stage. But he said, no, Barry, just do me a favor and just you don't do anything. I'll walk off. I'll wait. And if they like what I did, I'll walk back on. I said, cool. But I felt like he was upset at me. And all through the show, I was like feeling this angst. And it was an amazing show and it was incredible. And he did like an hour and a half and got a standing ovation, did an encore, got another standing ovation. And all through the night, I'm just walking around without anybody seeing me like, oh my God, this is my first time doing this. And Jerry Seinfeld hates me and it's all over. And and now he's not going to book, you know, uh, Louie again, and this is bad and what's happening. And I was all in my own head about things. And so after the show, I'm walking through the Chinese restaurant on my way out, and I'm walking out because I couldn't find anybody, and I hear, Barry, Barry, and I turn around, and it's Jerry Seinfeld and Louis C.K. sitting at a table, and it's Jerry calling me. He said, where are you going? Come on over, sit down with us, have a drink, have some food, and I'm walking over, and as I'm walking over, I'm like, is this the same Jerry that was with me backstage? And as I was walking towards him, I realized that in order to be extraordinary at what you do, you have to be so focused and so locked in and going into a performance a lot of time. If you are as great a performer as Jerry Seinfeld is, you have to treat every performance with the utmost importance. Like it's, it's your last performance And you can't have any distractions or anything in the way of that performance. Because in order to be great at anything you do, you can't be laissez-faire about anything. And the minute you are, that means you're not taking the craft seriously. And as I made that walk to that table, I realized that. And now he was off stage and he was out of that mode. And I sat down with him and Louis for like an hour and I had one of the greatest times in my life. And I felt as a young manager, that was my, you know, one of my big entrances into show business because I was sitting with the man who was the king at the time. And I was sitting with the young man who one day might be king, Louis CK. The message here is the fact that you have two people that worked really, really hard as performers, one young, one old, and a man trying to make his way. But what I realized that night is that Jerry Seinfeld is a guy who has worked as hard in 1985 as he works in 2015 next year. The guy is doing web series web series okay the guy doesn't have to do web series but he's doing things that he thinks are relevant he's trying to inspire people he's doing great shows all over the country and he still treats everything with the respect and the honor and the dignity and the work ethic that he did back then because he knows that people like louis ck are going to come up through the ranks And they're going to become great. And I know as a comedian, he always wants to know that his performances are the gold standard. And in my opinion, they are. And so as I look across from George Shapiro, who is the gold standard of managers, and I think about Jerry Seinfeld, who's the gold standard of stand-up comedians, and I think about Louis C.K., who in 28 years... 28-year journey he finally got to the point where people really really look at him and say wow you're doing something special in this world of comedy again I think the lesson is if you work hard and you treat your craft whatever it is lawyer doctor whatever you're doing out there with the respect honor and dignity and work ethic You are going to rise to the top. You will be respected. And you will be in a position where you will always, always have the respect of your peers and be at the highest levels. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my blueprint for success a -a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce the man the myth, the legend, George Shapiro.
2: First of all, you're, in describing yourself and your managerial career, you have great modesty uh, because uh, you're self-deprecating. And have you, you've done an, uh, an enormous job as a manager and producer in this business. But part of the thing is you said uh, you never seem to do enough, which is, uh, you know, that, that's the credo of most artists, that uh, they're never satisfied. So I, I think that's an asset. And uh, getting back to your uh, experience in Massachusetts with uh, Louis C.K. and Jerry, which was, uh, Jerry chose, made the choice himself. I want to be clear. I don't take credit for things that uh, it had nothing to do with uh, Louis C.K. Uh, was, I guess, discovered by Jerry because Jerry picks all of his opening acts very carefully. And he's the only one that would choose his opening act. So, so that, that was his pick. And also, uh, um, you're uh, being kind of upset that people were walking in. Uh, and uh, Jerry's credo is that, I mean, uh, the, the, you're running the show. It's not, it's not the audience. Opening, and you probably learned this, Barry, correct me if I'm wrong, as your career continued, that uh, a show usually, an eight o'clock show is usually set for 8.05. Uh, and the opening act is, is expected to uh, do his uh, bits while the audience is coming in. Because an audience could come in for 15, 20 minutes. And you don't want the star to stand there like a stummy, you know, waiting 20, sometimes 20, 25 minutes before the full audience is in. But am I correct the, that you have learned that over the years? That, yeah, uh, and that was the first time I learned it. Yes, well, it was a good lesson. I mean, it was. And then uh, your description of Jerry is very professional. You know, prior to a show, he's very focused. And usually the start time is designated like I was just with Jerry in Atlantic City at the Borgata and Foxwoods. And, uh, you know, the start time, the ticket says eight o'clock. Usually it's up to the production manager the, uh, for the exact time of the show. It could be 8.05 or 8.10, never more than 8.10. Uh, and that, that is absolutely every opening act is aware that that's part of their job. You know, is to, you know, hit hit the audience, put out strong material as they're walking in. And usually they settle. And sometimes if they're doing 20 minutes, (laughs) he has, you know, 15, 20 minutes, uh, at least 10 minutes of of, uh, undivided attention. And uh, Jerry's always been great at picking opening acts. And... uh, Louis C.K. is a tremendous performer. And, You know, you brought up comedians and cars getting coffee. Jerry's web series and Louis C.K. had one of the greatest episodes on the show. I hope you saw it, but if not, take a look at it. And, and uh, there, there, there was a story about uh, Louis. Uh, being stuck. They went out on a a boat. He has a yacht or something. And they went in the Hudson River and the boat got stuck. Everyone was screaming at him. Like, wait, what's the matter? Can't you steer the boat? And they were heckling him. He was getting heckled by the people on the shore. And it was such a funny story that Jerry animated it. He did it as part of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. He had just a beautiful, funny, animated little segment uh, depicting uh, what they went through. It was so great. Awesome. Also, Louis C.K. and Jerry and uh, Chris Rock and um, Ricky Gervais did this incredible roundtable for HBO. It was Ricky Gervais's uh, idea. I think he produced it, and they the four of them got together in New York, and uh, they they did this incredible show. For diverse comics, and every each comic got their material differently. They executed it differently. It was such a different point of view of the creative process. So it, can, it comes from within every, uh, not only Transcendental Meditation, but comedy. I just thought of that. Comedy comes from within. Like uh, Louis C.K. or Chris Rock, uh, you know, it does, uh, if they, they'll, they'll do off, off-color stuff. Jerry always wanted to be clean because he felt it was more of a challenge, you know, to do it that way. To, and, you know, he, he's not a prude. He, you know, he, in, in real life he'll say anything. But uh, on stage he just had that credo you know, to to do it clean and to meet the challenge and they all, they would discuss the whole thing, you know, because it was such a diverse uh, group of people creatively.
1: Well, that's why, that's one of the reasons I have so much respect for, for Jerry, because he never wavered from that credo and you want to waver. You believe me. You see other comedians be able to be themselves, and I'm not saying Jerry isn't himself on stage. But like you said, off stage he'll say anything, but on stage he decided. And you know, it's it's interesting. You said that because I talked with Louis Anderson recently in Las Vegas. I love Louis. He's amazing, and he he. Used to do stuff in the very beginning, sort of Rickle esque, where he would be a little blue with the crowd. And one of his friends took him aside and said, You know, that stuff you do on the family, you know, you should just do that and don't do the dirty stuff. And throughout his career, he's always tried to be clean. And I think that's what's kept him relevant all these years and about that content when i see somebody or a young comic starting out and i'm going to single out my producer ari and he's going to be mad and he's going to tell me to edit this out but ari also does stand up and he is a very very smart young man very smart but when you're on stage in the beginning you do these jokes that are smart and clean and the laughs come but then you throw in that dirty joke and it's like you put lighter fuel on the fire and the laughs are bigger and you think, my God, this is like heroin. If I might do these dirtier jokes. <laughs> I can get more laughs. laughs. That's why I have so much respect for Jerry, because you're not going to get on a late night set doing material that's blue so if you want to do any of the new late night sets like seth meyers or fallon or kim or anything like that you're not going to be able to swear you're not going to be able to moisture humor you're not going to be able to do you know that you're sleeping with somebody you got you have to do smart stuff or you're not going to get on and jerry always did that now there are comics who were themselves and i do have respect for what they did like you know dice clay or andrew silverstein but andrew dice clay off stage and on stage he's not the same guy but he's that kind of dark kind of character and he says anything and he could never get on a late-night show. But thank goodness for Rodney that Rodney gave him the chance, as well as Rodney gave Sam Kinison the chance in the beginning on the Young Comedian specials. And they were able to do the comedy the way they wanted to do it. And that's how they continued. But for Jerry and Jay Leno and Gary Shandling and people like that...
2: No, no. If you have some blue material on stage, it, it, I think it's fine. If it, 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 it Carl Reiner said... It has to be three times uh, funnier if it's blue. So, it, so it, there no, should be no restriction. Also, as uh, Barry pointed out, uh, doing the late night uh, talk shows is a very, very important career step for every comedian especially, you know, in the days when Jerry was coming up and uh, Jay Leno and, you know, uh, Letterman and and, uh, and Chris Rockwaldman, you know, because there weren't so many shows. Now there's a lot of opportunities for, for showcasing, including YouTube, which never, you never had that opportunity for a comedian. But as long as you do clean material for that show so you can have a balance where you do it, but, you know, over, overuse of four letters words it just gets tiresome and heavy. So it's just the balance, and you have to use your own instinct as a comedian and as a communicator to uh, choose the right material. Okay, absolutely. That
1: the uh, thing that people aren't privy to that we talked about in beverly wilshire hotel a couple of years ago i just want to share with our audience something before i go further there were five comedians on that night there was jerry seinfeld jay leno gary shandling russell brand and sarah silverman am i correct
2: yes Jay Leno was a, a, a surprise and Jerry Seinfeld was a surprise. Uh, Amy Hyatt, who uh, works in my office, she produced the show, so those she Wonderful. got those two surprise guests. Russell Brand was set to be the host at the beginning and then Gary Shandling and Sarah Silverman were set to perform. So those two big stars, Amy pulled in somehow and uh, I was thrilled, of course. I never expected to see Jerry there. For- and, and Jay was just so beautiful.
1: Yes, and Jerry was there. He's not here to say this, but we know why he was there because he's there because of you and he loves you and uh and jay leno has so much respect for you as well but what i'm gonna say to everybody in the audience which is kind of odd because you can't see what i saw you will never see what i saw because it it won't air anywhere but i saw five of the most amazing performances i could ever see in my life and and if anybody out there any comedian out there anybody thinks something let's say of jay leno thinks that he's soft or that his comedy isn't relevant or whatever well let me tell you something this guy is brilliant he did a set that was so unbelievably powerful relevant and brilliant and you want to know when you know something's powerful and brilliant? When Jerry Seinfeld goes on after him and says, "Wow, Jay Leno, that was
2: incredible!" Absolutely, you you, you nailed it. You nailed the description of that evening.
1: Unbelievable! I I never saw. Con- I'm still think. I'm still laughing about Gary Shandling. He said something that I think sometimes he says. You know, you ever walk down? I'm paraphrasing, but he says you ever walk down the street and you run into somebody you know, and they say, "Hey, Gary, you you look tired." And you're like, <laughs> "You're like, well, I slept 14 hours last night." Yeah, you look tired,
2: Gary. <laughs> Quick translation: You're old. Uh, no, it's it's funny with Gary Shanley because Gary Shanley I love him. You know, we have lunch constantly. Uh, and, and what he did for me, uh, w- was so sweet and, and kind. And he was wonderful with the great reaction to his comedy on the show. But I used to tell him, I said, you know, Gary, when I see you across a crowded room, I see someone that looks like they're in pain, <laughs> you know, the, with his eyes. And uh, I, I say it lovingly, but you know, I'm, I'm honest. So I, I, uh, I speak the truth. I speak the truth. And, uh, and your description of, uh, you know, people, uh, in the comedy world, that sometimes use blue material sometimes it's so organic like uh, Richard Pryor it, you know he was brought up in a whorehouse and it was so organically correct that people didn't even notice it almost it was it was it was part of his being and then there's other comics that absolutely push for it you know and use the four letter words every third word and and then then it doesn't fit it doesn't fit and when it fits it's right comedy is right when it's real and it's organic and uh, and and it, whoever chooses to do uh, blue comedy, he, Jerry loved uh, watching uh, Sam Kinison. I mean, and he he was blue. But I was once watch a show with Jerry, and it was like 60 minutes of nonstop laughter with Jerry and I watching him.
1: Yeah, because, because uh, Jerry, Jerry Jerry, I mean. The first time you see Sam Kinison, and he does the routine where it's like, uh, you know, you see the kids on these late night commercials. They're starving in Africa. They got the big stomachs. Flies are on them. Don't you just want to say, "Hey, cameraman, give him a
2: sandwich. Why don't you give the kid a sandwich?" <laughs> That's true. And it's like it's it just is true. Th- I mean, I think we've all had that thought. <laughs> it's like you're, you're seeing <laughs> these starving kids, and that people are around. They're talking. They're interviewing them. They're taking their pictures. That's Because I, I think that goes through all of our minds when we see those, uh, you know, those scenes. Absolutely. And
1: one other thing I wanted to mention, Sarah Silverman was, was brilliant that night. So brilliant. And and again, sometimes when you're younger than the rest of the people on the show and you you can look around as a comedian and you can say, geez, I, I don't really... Belong here. I, I, how am I ever going to do a performance that's going to equal these people? But you know, something that night, you never felt that way from Sarah. You felt like she did a tremendous performance. And the last thing I wanted to say again, anybody who hasn't seen Russell Brand do comedy, unbelievable the level that this guy was at that night. I could not, I mean, I couldn't believe it. He just, every single person on that show exceeded all of mine and everyone's expectations because you're, you're going there and you're seeing these people and you're like, my God, this is like the New York, the 29 New York Yankees. And they exceeded that level. Each performance, it was incredible. Yes, and it was a right. tribute you to know, you. Com- you
2: know, your comedy, oh. and, uh, and Sarah Silverman, by the way, uh, you know, like her being young and in, in an atmosphere with all this other, she has no fear. She is fearless I don't know if you read her book, you know, but uh, there are a few people that I feel are fearless on stage. And uh, she is one of them. The other one, of course, is Andy Kaufman. Yes,
1: yeah, who you used to manage. Well,
2: yeah, cause I managed Andy Kaufman. I just loved working with him. And uh, he he was so not afraid that he did a bombing routine. They used to negotiate with him. He said, I wanted to bomb. You know, let, I said, people are walking out of the show because he's doing a – he called it the bombing routine. Every comic is a, has the biggest fear of their life is bombing. So he's going for <laughs> it, a bombing routine. And then I said, well, and then people are walking out. There was a scene in, uh, in Man on the Moon when I played Mr. Besseman, when I tried to explain it to him that uh, it's not a good thing when people walk out in the middle of your act. So we had, so anyway, we had this negotiation. He wanted a bomb for five minutes. I said, well, do it for 60 seconds, 45 seconds. We negotiated something like two, point, <laughs> t- two minutes and 10 seconds. But it's it's great to see comedians that aren't afraid. And Sarah's like that. She is brilliant and funny and fearless.
1: Absolutely. So that show was probably one of the greatest shows that I've ever, if not the greatest show I've ever seen. Amy Hyatt,
2: please take a bow. Please take a bow. Please take a bow. Amy Hyatt, please take a bow. Of course, you're producing so good right now.
1: There you go. And she's one of the big reasons why you're here today.
2: the dreamers
1: they have all to gain
2: it's never quite over till it all feels the same you pick your
1: Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment, and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support, and have a great day. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new Blueprint for Success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it, because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to BerryCats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy
0: career forever.